I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Hello and welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Dana and Elliot. The Bora podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Millsborough Football Club. And as we're approaching... 100 reviews. I just have one favorite to ask before we kick things off today. Um, if you can give us a five star rate on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast apps um, and leave us a comment on there if you enjoy the podcast, it helps us get found and, uh, and ranked, but also helps Bora fans find the, the podcast as well. Um, but now that's over and the housekeeping's done, guys, um, let's chat about the Buddha. Um, win against Derby County the start of the week. Defeat yesterday against Huddersfield, the John Smith Stadium, which I absolutely love the stadium name. It's fantastic. Uh, but every time I've been, I've had bad memories. So I'm glad I wasn't there yesterday. Um, but Burton leaves Borough on 21 points, 10th in the championship table, um, which I think is a lot higher than we anticipated where at the start of the season anyway. But Dana, we'll, we'll kick things off with you. Start off with Derby first. The positives, really. Um 3-0 win, the first time we scored three goals against um, in August 2019 against Luton. Um, a convincing win, but Liam Rossini said, I'm just speechless in what I've saw, <laughs> uh, in what I saw in the first half in terms of desire, passion and winning duels. Were we just convincing or do you just think they clearly wanted it more than Derby did? A bit of both. The two aren't mutually exclusive. We wanted it more and we were convincing and Derby just didn't seem to want it at all. I don't think I've ever seen a team that was as disorganised or unorganised, disorientated and just chaotic as Derby were. And to be honest, I was enjoying it because they were struggling to play football and it's Derby County and I was just loving every second of it. But their performance did play into our hands a little bit. Of course, it's nice that we scored three goals. It's the first time, like you said, that we've done that in the league since Luton, the opening day of last season. And I think it's the first time we've done that um, at home since Sheffield United a couple of seasons back first game under Gary Monk I believe so we don't tend to score three goals but they were an absolute mess we still had 
a job to do. We still had to put the ball in the back of the net and, and get the job done, get the win. But their performance, Derby's performance, was completely abject, epitomised really by that goal kick from Marcus Bettinelli that found its way to Jed Spence. It sliced through the entirety of that Derby team. Uh, and, I mean, you can't have that as a professional football team. But having said that, Boris still had a job to do, like I mentioned. Um, I'm not going to mourn too much because we, we scored three goals. You don't really see Boris score three goals. So, fantastic win, but it, will, it was never a game that I was going to get too high over, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was it was a great win, and you can only beat that's what, what's put in front of you. It doesn't matter how bad they are, but I reckon you absolutely love that day, and especially with with Mel, the, your hatred of Mel Morris. Oh, it's not Mel Morris. Um, it's it's so, not Mel Morris. It's the Derby fans, but <laughs> hey, at least they get more fans than us in the average attendance ranking, so they win there. Hey, to be fair, listen, I was speaking at the Rams Review podcast, and they're they're actually really nice. So they're the two that we 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 do approve of, I guess. <laughs> um, but. Els, it's, it's another defeat for Derby. Uh, the worst record in the championship. It's the lowest points tally ever at this point in the, in the championship season. I think they'll be relegated this year, Derby. Uh, I think they, they could well be on to, to do so, yeah. Um, people seem to think because they're getting this money and that they're going to be able to just magically turn it around. You can't you can't just turn around You know, when, when teams are, are that bad. Um, yeah, even, even in a window... Where they've got the money to spend, it's it's a very difficult um, sort of transfer window to navigate in January, and just the way the football landscape's changed with with COVID. So I don't think they're going to be able to just you know magically turn it around. Um, obviously, there's still a long way to go, but um, the signs aren't the signs aren't good at the moment. Um, you know, they even drew yesterday with with Wickham, which is an improvement for them, I guess, but. Um, they really needed to win that. They're behind Sheffield Wednesday and they started on minus six, which tells you all you need to know. So it, it kind of re- reminds me a little bit of, of us last season. Obviously, the coaching team that they've put together is a very young and inexperienced coaching team. Um, and it showed out on the pitch. It was so unorganised. Um, I can't imagine how, how funny it would have been if Marcus Bettinelli actually did get an assist. Like, that would have been... Every time a Derby fan would have piped up, you can just reply, Marcus Bennett. For a second, I actually thought we were going to go to Manjaro's again when that ball went over the top. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, oh my God, Jed's, like every time Jed's in, I'm just like, my phone's like there on Twitter. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And just, like, <laughs> you, you, you've, got, you've got Manjaro's on speed dial every time he gets a goal. <laughs> <laughs> got Manjaro's fever. <laughs> but yeah, no, Derby were. Um, Derby were awful in that game, and I think um, we took advantage of it really well. We probably could have even got more, um, to be honest. But um, I can't see, I can't see where the, the next win's going to come from, to be honest. And um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a weary so, time. Do you think it was a case of it was a case of Derby being that bad, or do you think Borough were actually just quite convincing in, in the performance on Tuesday? On Wednesday, sorry, Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, a bit of both again. Obviously, I don't think initially in the first half they came and rolled over. The second was a lot poorer than, than the first. Um, they do have some good quality still out on the pitch. I thought Max Bird was, was pretty good in central midfield and um, it was quite a battle for, for our central midfielders up against him. Um, but yeah, um, I, I still think I still think we were really convincing and um, we, we showed our quality really. 
Uh, I, th- I thought we were good as well. Um, but then uh, a couple of changes to the side um, on, on Wednesday night uh, for Borough against Derby. Uh, Duncan Watmore came at the team uh, for to make his debut. I think it was a lovely assist, only for Brit score, lovely uh, cushion down. I can see your cat in the, in the back there. Trying to get in the bathroom. Uh, Trying to get in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> making an appearance. Dana's, Dana's cat in the podcast is pretty much everything that we need, we need to see oh, when we do podcasts from home. <laughs> hey, was that? Where was that? Uh, yeah, Duncan Watmore. Sorry, Duncan Watmore was on top of my head. Um, he came at the side, assist on his debut, played 65 minutes. Um, what do you think of Duncan Watmore's performance? Do you think he adds and improves Borough's attacking threat? Yeah, he added a bright spark to us. He's obviously rusty. He hasn't played a lot of games in a while and he hasn't really had the rub of the green in his career over the past couple of years, but he contributed with an assist and it was a simple header, but it had to be made across the face of goal to give it to Britt for him to knock it into the back of the net and I think we're going to get that with Duncan Watmore he is going to be rusty it's going to take him a while to get up to speed with the game and Neil Warner mentioned it that he was shattered both him and Patrick Roberts were shattered but I mean he contributed with an assist and I don't think you can really ask for much more from a debut than that yeah, I thought in the first half when when Britt turned and you just seen Duncan Watmore run it was left I thought oh Want more. Give it a lot more, you'll probably put this away and then just spanning it wide and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, thanks for that, Brit. Um <laughs> But looking at the we're looking at the game elves um in the second half, Warnock made the changes like Dana mentioned there when Roberts and Warnock came off because they were shattered. Uh Jed and Neymar on. Do you think they made the difference in the end? Yeah, definitely. Um I think they're a bit more direct than the other two. I think Watmore and um Patrick Roberts were cutting in a lot more, being quite nimble with the, um, with the work, trying to obviously wait for overlaps of um, Bowler and, uh, and Dyke Steele. But I think with Spence and Johnson, especially later on in the game, because Derby were a bit tired, they were just literally running at them. Um, and obviously, especially for Johnson as well, getting getting some good balls um, delivered in the box and obviously scoring as well with a, a well-taken goal. Yeah, I thought he played very well um, on Wednesday night, but it was also just a round thing Derby off. It's nice to know that Middlesbrough have retired Wayne Rooney, um, <laughs> England's all-time leading goal scorer, <laughs> icon of the game, retired against Middlesbrough in a 3-0 defeat. <laughs> but it's just uh, things you absolutely love to see, and that is that. Um, but let's move on. Let's chat about Huddersfield. Uh, two changes to the side, that one on Wednesday night with Neymar and and Jed coming in for for, for what more Roberts, who I think two changes I think we needed given they were shattered, but also they played well as well. Dana Marvin Johnson, I want to chat about him a little bit. Uh, repaired Warnock's fifth for for putting well, Warnock's fifth he will be back to goal on Wednesday night. Uh, put him in the team. It's two and two for him now. Um, I think it's the first time ever in a Borough shirt that he's been able to do that. Um, he's starting to look like a player that's revitalised under Neil Warnock a little bit, and it, it's. I mean, props to Neil Warnock for like the likes of him, Dyke Steele and Ball, they're all coming through now. Um, but what do you think Johnson brings to the team now? And have you been impressed with him this year? He offers what Elliot said there. He's direct and he is more of a natural winger than a lot of the wide options that we do have because with Spence, Coulson, Ball, even Dyke Steele as well, they're defensive-minded players and yeah they have that attacking element of course but their predominant position is either wing back or full back and Neil Warnock mentioned it that wingers are more naturally able to just do that cutting uh, not cutting inside uh, getting 
around and in behind and on the overlap and I think that Marvin Johnson does that he did that a couple of times yesterday where I think it was um, it might have been Britt actually that was on the the left hand side and Marvin Johnson was making those runs uh, in behind on the overlap and that's what he brings it's that directness and on his day he does have a very good delivery into the box it's just a shame that his day in that respect isn't uh, every game but when he is on song his deliveries are on par with Paddy McNair's I'd say you know fantastic for strikers to get their head on the ball some of his balls into the box and crosses but um, you know he's a player that like you said is rejuvenated uh, Neil Warnock seems to just love doing that with players he loves seeing players that are down in confidence and raising their spirits and showing what they can do because I do think we do we do focus a lot on what players can't do whereas I think with Neil Warnock he likes to elevate what they can do and we're seeing that with Marvin Johnson he's our top scorer as well which I I mean where did that come from Marvin Johnson our top scorer I mean but actually I think yeah I believe he's on four goals but I can't remember the other two I must admit that's how bad my memory is but yeah I think Britt might be on three and then you may be only looking at twos elsewhere for maybe Savile and Akpom possibly yeah that's it yeah yeah. But yeah, brilliant for for Marvin Johnson. He did make a really good impact against Derby. I think when he came on and Dred came on, like Elliot said, it just gave us that extra little bit of energy. And that's what you want from players. He was disappointed that he was left out of the team against Derby. That's what Neil Warnock said. And there's no better way to show a manager was wrong to drop you than to come on and, uh, and make an impact that he did in that game. And obviously he made an impact as well yesterday with the world when putting Middlesbrough ahead anyway, but it wasn't enough. Um, as Borough went and lost three two yesterday to Huddersfield. Obviously Borough lead in Dana, um then lose it was the first time since Hull this year that we actually did that away from home as well. God, um, not that game. The performance Yeah, well I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. <laughs> if you want to bring the stats, I'm gonna bring the stats as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to say, look, three-two defeat yesterday wasn't the best performance from us, especially when we were leading. We we looked good. Um, would you think Boris have themselves to blame for the defeat yesterday, or do you think Huddersfield deserve credit for for capitalising on Boris' mistakes? Really, again, a little bit of both. It was all round a really bad day at the office for Boris yesterday, and it was strange watching it because I was thinking. There's so many players that have performed so well this season that we've praised a lot on this podcast. The likes of Dyke Steele, McNair, Savile. And it just didn't work for Borough yesterday. And it was an even an off day for Neil Warnock as well because the switch to 4-4-2 for me didn't work. They overran us in midfield. We didn't get a foothold in the game in the second half. And I think we're going to get games like that. We're going to get games where it is uncharacteristically Borough. Um, you know, we have set a high standard for ourselves this season and we dropped completely below that, unfortunately. And it's it's going to happen. It, it's going to happen. He He's stealing the limelight, isn't he? The cat is stealing the limelight, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was obviously a really difficult game for Borja today. We could not show what we've shown before previously this season and the standards did drop, like I said, but... It's not a game that defines Borough. It's not a game that defines the season. It doesn't mean that we're a bad team. We just had a bad day. It's as simple as that for me. Do you think it was a bit of a reality check, though, Elliot, with 
with the performance yesterday. Say so this is what the championship's about. It doesn't matter. You can beat anyone on your day, and but um, a team like that, who you expect to win, can overturn like overturn you like that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know it brings people back down to earth to say yes, we've been on a good run. And maybe they got a little bit complacent, you know. We won three nil in the week. We went one 0 up and thinking, right, we're all over these, which which we were in the first twenty minutes. We're thinking, God, this is a this is easy, isn't it? Um, and you know it, it, that other teams can actually um, hurt you. And I, I was reading a match preview before the game that Huddersfield have been quite unlucky to be where they are so far, and that their attacking output should have resulted in a lot more. So we should have been a lot more wary of that. I think um, Neil Warnock, I imagine, would have been quite angry. Sort of either at half, both at half time and after the game, to be honest, because it it was so uncharacteristic. Really, I think um, we've adopted this model of the of the sort of man to man marking, and um, I wouldn't say ridiculously high press, but when we we know when to press at the right times, um, and when we do, we do it very effectively as a unit. But it just seemed a bit disjointed yesterday. Um, I don't know whether it's perhaps a bit of tiredness set in as well. Some people have played a lot of games, um, and it's Saturday. Tuesday or Wednesday every week. I know in the championship it is like that anyway, but it's even more so because it's about to be crammed in because the season started later. So I don't know if it's just a bit of you know complacency and fatigue all in one, um, but I don't think it's anything we should be kind of overly worried about at, at this stage. I think Huddersfield aren't a you know disastrous team by any stretch. They had some decent players out there, um, and yeah, I mean the, the one thing I picked up really um, was. Uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for Huddersfield that Richard Steeman went off because uh, yeah. Edmonds Green was, I think he got the fourth highest match rating by the end of the game. Um, and obviously before that, Britt was running Steeman ragged. So the injury was, you know, the, the manager had been got another injury, but actually it was the best thing for them. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, it was. I thought, I, thought Steeman, I thought Steeman was our best player, to be honest. You know, he's given us like that many chances. Yeah. I thought, you know... It, uh, I think it was a a very fortunate substitution in the end because I think another day he probably wouldn't uh, Green wouldn't have came on and we probably would have might have steamrolled them to a two or three nil win. And, but you know, there's a couple of points that you mentioned there, which I want to pick up on. Um, the fatigue side of things, I want to come back to a little bit later on. But the creating chances and putting them away. Um, Neil Warnock said that uh, Boris should put the game to bed in the first thirty minutes. In my opinion, Brit's big chance on two yards stands out. Um, if we don't create create much as a team, is there an, is it an added pressure on Britain, Akpom, and the attacking players to try and put these chances away? Um, well, I think on Brits miss, we we do just love to have an annual, um, you know, sitter missed at, at the John Smith Stadium. So mm. um, yeah, we can shark that one off. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't brilliant. Um, I mean, in terms of the actual creating chances I think we've actually got a lot better I know I've became the XG nerd now um, but looking over the last XG of the week um, <laughs> over the last one, two, three, six games um, we've produced an output of over two I think four times um, which at the start of the season just wasn't happening at all and obviously it kind of maybe showed in in some of the um, draws we've, we've put out um, the form that we've had in the last five games maybe doesn't replicate that. Um, and that's where perhaps averages play into things and kind of swings around about to where results go. We've only had one win in the last five um, in the league. But it's um, in terms of our creating chances and stuff, I think it's been okay. But I just think that you're not always going to 
put them away. If you look at you know midweek, we you know we we took our chances when when we had them, um, but if you don't take the one that Brit didn't and and possibly some others, um, you know we we obviously felt a defeat, and it was obviously trumped up as well. I think from from the penalty, um, obviously a penalty, regardless of whether you score or not, it's probably going to have a, a high XG anyway because the chances of scoring are pretty high. Um, so yeah, I'm not too overly worried about the attacking output. I think as we've mentioned a lot of times that championship strikers and just championship players in general are widely inconsistent um, unless you see a player that's obviously dropped down with a Premier League team or there's you know an outstanding signing um, that they go on to get over 20 goals <clears throat> in the championship then this is what we've got to expect from them really um, everyone in the team's got to then chip in with goals apart from obviously just Britain Aquan, which, which they have so far obviously Marvin Johnson's the top scorer um, goals coming from Savile as well um, maybe a couple of others could possibly chip in too um, but yeah I'm, I'm not kind of overly overly worried about it. I think we've been better in the last six games than, than earlier on in the season uh, I, I would agree with you in terms of creating chances um, we got a question as well from uh, our boy right here again and it clearly looks like it with one <laughs> with one win in five um, but we are back at it again but they did go into the, the question of is going forward uh, a cause for concern. But I feel like you've addressed yeah. that in terms of Borough's XG and then also being more of a, uh, an attacking threat. But um, a lot of people were saying yesterday that we just didn't have the rub of the green and we shouldn't worry about it too much. We just, was it just a case yesterday Boris didn't have the rub of the green in front of goal, even though we scored two? Yeah, possibly, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I, I don't know whether there's another point you've, you've maybe got coming up actually on the penalty, but I think if, if you look at the, the penalty anyway... I don't really think it was. Yeah, uh, I, was. About. I, I don't. I don't think it was, and I kind of, kind of that make it looked better than what it actually was. So I think, in terms of our kind of organic chances that we created, um, maybe we didn't get the rub of the green, but there's been other times, plenty of other times where we've missed good chances, and lots of other teams missed good chances as well in this division. So um, as long as we keep creating them, and you know we're not um, playing pureless ball where we don't even look to try and create them, then. Then I think then that's when we should start to get worried. But I think we we are being quite aggressive in times when we can be. Obviously, I think we know when we need to be organised and defend well. Um, when we've been to grounds such as like Cardiff and so on, um, or against Norwich. But yeah, I think I think out of other games against teams that you can maybe see as being mid-table or you know that we can come up well against Huddersfields and Derby's and so on. I think we've created a lot of chances. Blackburn, we created a lot of chances. We we obviously missed a lot there as well. Um, I think obviously because that ended up being a draw, it's looked on as you know less badly as, as this one really. So, yeah. I was going to ask you about a question around like, is there any positives to take out yesterday? But I feel like we should probably move and, and chat about Brit instead. Um, <laughs> and we'll come back to that in a second. But then like, it, it seemed to get his uh, his his title of the Boris scapegoat yesterday. Um, especially on, on Twitter, he seemed to get get a lot of pelters happening once again he did go on and score a penalty um and he, he has scored 45 goals in 144 games for Borough now um and he is Borough's leading goal scorer this century I believe as well I think at the Riverside so gets a lot of criticism but is it a bit unfair that the amount of criticism he gets maybe maybe some of it I do feel as though some people are actively looking for Brit to fail so that they can get the pitchforks out but 
looking at that game in isolation, he did deserve the criticism. And, you know, I've mentioned so many times in this podcast, I do like Brit. I do rate Brit. I must be the sole representative of the British Sombolonga fan club at the moment. But he did deserve <laughs> the criticism. It wasn't unjust yesterday. I. It doesn't really matter how much you cost, where you rank in the championship top scorers list. You have to be putting the ball away from two yards out. I don't know why he slides in. He leans back to a point of him not standing on his feet anymore and he blazes it over the crossbar. And you can't excuse that. Even the biggest fan of Brit, even Brit himself, can't excuse that. It was a really poor... um, Well, it was a a fantastic chance, really poorly um, executed by Brit. And unfortunately, that's what you get with him. You get chances where he should put them away that are high on the XD chart that just don't go in the back of the net. And yeah, I think he he did deserve the criticism yesterday because no matter how your performance is, you have to score goals as a striker. And he, yeah, he put the penalty away, but he had an easier chance from point blank range that he didn't. He had he had the most yeah, shots um, in the game, uh, more than anyone. He had five, um, obviously one being the penalty. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with Dana. I think it's um, I think it was probably just cause yesterday. I think we were you know messaged in, in our group as well, didn't we? Saying saying a couple of things that sometimes I just think his his body language. Um, I think as you mentioned, Johnny, he comes across as though he's maybe not bothered. And I think that's more just his. I think it's, it's his style of play, and I think, I think, and I think what we've been used to, especially from a lot of our players, and you hark back to one of Dana's ex favourites, Tunchai. He is a player that would just, you know, he, he'd run all over the place, and he would press the ball down. He would he works so hard for the team, and Brit isn't really a. He can be quite selfish sometimes, I think, um, and he's just got that, and, and that's what a lot of forwards are. They're just quite selfish in nature, I think, and he's he's a bit of a poacher. Um, and he doesn't tend to look to cre- create an awful lot. I know he's been given that role this season to kind of drop in, hold up the ball, um, but you know he's not going to do it as well as the likes of like Faduka or something like we've had in the past. He's, he's not that level of quality. So I think obviously where we want him is putting it on a plate for him, and then him obviously taking chances. And it was it was what we did yesterday. Marvin Johnson obviously put it on a plate for him, and he didn't take it. So. As long as he continue to do that, I'm quite confident that he will. He's, you know, he's done it a couple of times. Obviously, he's done it in midweek against Derby. Um, when Sam Morsey played him through against Coventry, he took that chance ex- excellently as well. Um, so yeah, I think there's, I think every week there's obviously going to be a scapegoat, and I think it was probably just cause yesterday for for Brit. But I don't think he's a a terrible player overall. I think it's sometimes his price tag makes it seem worse. Um, and mm. I think we sometimes have to not look at the price tag because that's what always happened with Savile. Um, if Savile cost a million, no one had ever said any. No one had ever said anything. Um, but it's sometimes the price tag that overinflates it. I think. Do you think sometimes he makes I easy think... chances look hard and hard chances look easy? Because that's <laughs> yeah. what I think with Brit. Like I, I just feel as though every time, well, yeah. every time there's a chance where you think that's a goal, with Brit it isn't. So, yeah, there's been there's been so many times where he's either one on one or he's uh, they got around the keeper that time away at Derby and you just think right all you need to do is just stick it yeah. under the keeper to the side like it looks so easy when you're watching it and then like obviously he scored some absolutely worldies when he curled that ball in from the edge of the box against Blackburn and mm. and so on it's just like I think he just loves the the glory goals doesn't he <laughs> uh, it's weird well every striker does isn't it and I think. 
with with Brit, the the bar of criticism is set so low for him. He could score a hat trick and miss one chance, and he'd still be a scapegoat in for for some fans. I think it's a little bit unfair to compare him with with the likes of quality. Well, the, the quality that what we've had over the years. Like for me, growing up, I had Ravenelli, uh, I had Ravenelli, Viduka, Hasselbank, Rickard, Burson. Um, you know, what I mean. Tunchai towards the end. I'll, I might, I'm not going to put him in the same bracket, but still relatively good. And like the the quality that we've had over the, I'm going to throw on a grade under there. Grado is one of the best Borough players I've seen. Um, but I compare him with Brit. Like I think the price tag since he's cost more than all of them. Um, he's cost more than three Mark Vadukas. Um, obviously the, the game's changed a little bit now, but it's like people are going to criticize him for everything and everything. Um. And if I'm honest, I don't think we've played to Brit's Brit strengths over the last four years. You know, we've we've had the likes of Johnny Pulis when he played one man up front, when he had five centre halves, four centre midfielders, and one striker. And we had Johnny Woodgate. That oh, he was you know you can you can kind of argue a little bit that when he was playing with him and Fletcher up there, we started to get things right. Um, and then obviously he's went from Neil Warnock and away, he's trying to play a different role. So you don't think he's really had the managers. Of being free flowing attacking football, which he yeah. probably be well suited to. Um, but I mean, I when, think... he, when he was at Forest, he had very direct wingers who would get to the yeah, byline and it, yeah. put it on a plate for him, or they'd get into the box and he'd he'd be in the right positions, like like I said, like a poacher. But um, he's had to work very differently, and his in his different managers at yeah. Borough. So um, yeah, I, I agree with that, Johnny. We haven't really we haven't really played with wingers, have we? Really, we haven't. We've just. Under Tony Pulis, if you're still scoring double figures under in a, under a Tony Pulis side, Jesus Christ, you need some sort of credit, I think. Um, but I can see where people get frustrated with him. I can see why people get like, annoyed and want him to leave and stuff like that. I can see why, because he, that, it's that arrogance that might potentially come across. But I still think he's a good striker. I just think we need to keep creating the service for him and hopefully he, gets put, he puts him away. But the chance yesterday, I think it's a bit inexcusable. But Majority of the time, I think he's he needs to lead the line a little bit better than than what he's doing. But let's move on a little bit more. Um, probably from what I've been mentioning there, how can we create more chances for them for him and Akpom and Fletcher when it comes back? Is, is it something that we should be looking towards more wing play, or should we be looking to try and get more direct defeat? Is there a way that we can potentially create more chances for the centre forwards? Other question, anyone can take it. I would say play Akpom and Sambalonga together. I know that we did have that. A couple of games ago and then we adopted a different uh, formation but from what Pauk fans said Rackpom he's not a finisher he's more of a link-up striker so he can work off strikers and strikers can work off him so I think potentially play them together and what I was when I was watching the Leeds game yesterday with Patrick Bamford, he's still a very intelligent striker in his movement, and I never really see that with Borough strikers. They they are quite static, so when we get the ball in wide areas, there's not much movement, and it seems to be just in front of the goalkeeper, which is why we just seem to see a lot of our wingers or wing-backs flash the ball across the face of the goal. I'd love to see a striker have that movement where they just sort of hold back a little bit so that the cutback's on. Um, so I never really see the movement, so that could be improved. And also the decision-making of the wing player uh, and the wingers and the balls into the box, 
I've said it, we've all said it so many times, we're not really affected from wide areas as much as we can be because we do have the, the pace to get in behind, we get in some good positions, Jed gets himself into some really good positions, but it's just the decision-making. It's it's It sounds easy, but it's actually really difficult. I, I would just love us to make better decisions in the final third, and I'm sure I'm positive that Neil Warnock will be working with them on the training ground in that regard, and I'm sure they're, they're looking good on the training pitch, but it's translating that onto the actual pitch that seems to be a problem, and... It, yeah, it, that's what it just goes down to, the refinement of the decision-making. And I sound like a broken record because I've said it so many times, but um, it's it's the quality behind the strikers and the quality of the strikers themselves because it doesn't just end at, well, the, the wingers are, are, are at fault. Britt had some really bad decision-making yesterday. And, you know, he, I think, hit the side netting when he really could have... Uh, played somebody else in, in the box and it's it's little things like that that are quite frustrating and they're quite significant as well yeah he, he, he's done that a couple of times you've seen where he's he took the opportunity because he had a, didn't he have a second chance as well in midweek against Derby and I think it was was it tough possibly he was like you, you could have just laid it off to me mm. um he was kind of like pointing to what in front more? of him uh what more yeah um and I think that's where I've said before where selfishness kind of comes from but Again, it's you know it's part of decision making as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree with Dana on that point because I think Akpom has really struggled in games where he's been on his own. He's been so isolated and he's had nothing to work with. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing us go back to the three-five-two in some games. Obviously, we've seemed to have adopted the four-three-three a lot. Um, and then obviously we did go with two up front in a four-four-two, but that leaves us quite exposed in midfield. Um, and I think obviously when Fletcher comes back, that could be could be a chance to try and get that partnership working if it doesn't work with or if it ha- if one of thinks it hasn't worked with Brit so far. Um so I think Fletcher's quite a good sort of link up player as well and I think he could work well with Akpom. With the with the contract side of things of Brit and Fletch, um it, it could be a bit of a worrying time for us, especially around January time, because we need to look to try and bring someone in or try and extend the contracts. Would you like to see Brit and, and Fletch extend? Um I think if you had to just play it by ear at this point and just see how things are then, you know, with um, money, their form, what their feelings are like. Um, I wouldn't ideally like to lose either of them, really. Um, but I think, as I maybe said a couple of podcasts ago when we were on about it, I think there's a lot of other similar type quality in the championship that we could get. Um, obviously, it would be cutting losses and saying, you know, we're not getting anywhere near 15 million back or even anywhere near 7 million back for Ashley Fletcher. But um, by letting potentially some of their wages go, we could get players in of a similar quality. Um, You know, there's a lot of players in the championship kicking about who are good finishers at this level. And when they get utilised in a a system that works, they can do well. So I wouldn't be overly disappointed. Obviously, I think we'd obviously bring in decent replacements, but um, I think they've been quite integral to the team. They've obviously been here quite a few years now, both of them. They've probably made some friends in the dressing room and whatnot, so just play it by ear, I think. Yeah, I think the, the players that I, the player I want to keep was Fletch. I think Fletch is, the, is, a, is a very, very good extension for us, but I think with Brit, it could potentially be it's the end of the road for him at the club, I think. Uh, obviously, I know he, he still lives... Uh, in, down south as well, I think he saw his family there, and he goes back to see them. So it's, it's like, well, if it's it's best for him, it might be for him that 
you know, he, it might be the end of the road for him. It could, it could potentially be, but I think we have to try and extend the deal because I think if we don't extend and then sell, then we've spent £15 million on a player and then just letting him go for free. Um, and that's just really bad business, in, just in general. And for the amount of, amount of the goals that he scored and, and the amount of wages we've, we've forked out for him, I just think, think it's only right we try and extend the deal with him. Um, but let's move on a little bit and chat about fatigue and squad, squad rotation. Els, I know you mentioned it earlier in, in a couple of points, Singapore looked knackered yesterday. Um, we looked second best to the majority of the game, after, especially when, when Huddersfield scored, when I think Bettinelli could do a lot better than what he did, especially in that first goal. But um, and we spoke a lot about, on this podcast around like fatigue and the relentlessness of the championship as well. Um I think yesterday, uh, Dan O'Reilly, it's it, it a lot of question, any of can take it, but um, following the blip yesterday, I think defensively, I didn't think we looked, we looked ourselves. Do you think Warnock should maybe look to the defence and try and rotate things a little bit more, or is there some players that are just in need of a rest, because I did feel like we looked knackered yesterday. Yeah, I thought Dyke still, yeah, still looked knackered. He looked a complete shadow of himself. What we've come to see from Dyke Steele is an engine and is that drive and energy, and he looked quite lethargic yesterday, and a lot of the players did look leggy, and I mentioned it on the preview of the Derby game to rest McNair. Obviously, it's come out that Grant Hall got injured, so we'll see how long he's out for. But other than Grant Hall, there's Nathan Wood, and I think that's it, isn't it, for centre-back options. So, it's... It's Sam Stubbs. Our <laughs> <laughs> player See, of the we, season. We should never have sold Sam Stubbs. <laughs> but it's, it's a hard... Through Could have broke through. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's, it's hard. I mean, yes, we probably should. Maybe, maybe Warnock would have rested McNair. I don't know. He has become so integral to this team that, I mean, would you? I think you'd probably play Paddy McNair on one leg, to be honest. But... There is a point where we are going to have to rest him, and we're going to have to rest Dysdale as well. But I just, I just don't know. I, I feel as though Derby was the game to do so, given that they are in dire form, um, and the next couple of games coming up are quite tough, as I think every most games are in the championship. But we're going to have to at some point. It's just picking the right game. Yeah, it might suit us actually against a better team because I think. Um, I was kind of agreeing with you there on on the derby point, but I think obviously we could have used the better players in that game to make sure we got the win over the line in a game we were maybe expected to win, whereas in a game where perhaps not, um, I think Swansea will be a tough game that we could play someone like Grant Hall and just kind of sit in a lot more and look to kind of just hit on the counter attack and not use um, McNair in his way of drifting into midfield because I don't think like we'll have. As much possession as in the as in the game against Derby, so um, yeah, could be could be more a game to do it when when we're playing a better team and just try and be a bit more direct instead of using the centre backs coming out. So I think we're borrow over overachieving at the start of the season. I think Onyx had to like play these players so we can get as many points as we possibly can. So safety is is done and dusted early doors. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous, but we were in a relegation fight last year and we've still got a very similar squad. Yes, we've got a much better manager now, but quality there, we, we need to get points like quickly before we can even consider looking towards mid-table playoffs and promotion places. Um, I think they're a bit out of reach, but we need the points, I think. 
Um, and I think sometimes with with Warnock, I, I think he's looking at towards those those games like the like derbies and say, can we get three points there? And if we can, then that's fantastic. Then we'll we're moving away from relegation zone um, and hopefully get that fifty points very very quickly, uh, which we're nearly halfway there now. But you know we've known for for years the championships a crazy season where can start off fantastic and then finish 18th it's 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 just the championship in, in a nutshell but you know when uh then looking at the squad yeah um should we look, should we look to bring in the likes of nathan woodwing Morsey, and, and akpom to swansea or do we try and keep the squad relatively the same maybe one or two changes i'd make one or two changes but you do have to start protecting the players now around this tricky christmas period which is always gung-ho anyway with the fixtures that come th- uh, thick and fast but we do have the options there with Morsey back that's fantastic to have him I think we can now change the system be a little bit more flexible because there's options on the bench that you may not think will get in the team but they are important to making that switch Marcus Brown for example if Marcus Brown was fit we could then uh, go with a, a 4-3-3 potentially uh, your proper wingers out wide so yeah, the the Swansea game, we'll obviously get onto it in a little bit. It's it's going to be difficult, but I would probably make some changes there, yeah. Els, would you look to make changes as well? Yeah, I think so. I think we've always, we're going to have to. I think, um, you know, we when we're playing every three days or, you know, three or four days, um, we've got to keep making them really because you can't line up with the same 11 um players need a bit, a bit extra recovery time um, and obviously you don't want to change the full squad we don't have the players to change the full team every week but a couple here and there will just help replenish sort of fitness um, and just obviously change up what the, the opposition may be planning it'll be the same for other teams trying to think you know you're coming up against this winger this week um, and you plan for it in training and actually you see the, the team sheet on the day and it's a completely different person you think right <laughs> training this week for to come up against whoever it is and it's a different player to kind of adds a different dimension to the game so I think yeah I think we'll have to um, and we've got options there I think Mozzie could be a, a good shout to come in um, against a good team and try and play Fair enough uh, I like to see Sam Mozzie but let's let's break down Swansea uh, Steve Cooper's Swansea City Went all right this year I expect them to be probably the top top six I think personally with the quality that they've got um, but let's break them down. Dana, Els, that's, uh, the mic's yeah. over to you. Yeah, it's funny you yeah. should mention that, actually, because when I was looking at the... when Like, when I was doing my research on Swansea, I was expecting them to be a lot better than they are at the moment. They are quite average in terms of passing accuracy, average passes made, um, key passes, uh, that sort of stuff, aerial duels, etc. And statistically they're not where I thought they were because last season I was under the impression that they're this really quite possession based team and they still are to a certain degree but they're not really that effective uh, with the ball uh, they like to play a 3-5-2 an argument from the Swansea fans is that Steve Cooper doesn't have a plan B we'll get onto that a little bit later they like to push the wing backs Robertson Bidwell up the pitch quite quite high I was having a look at the average positions and they were quite advanced in their last game against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Bidwell has four assists this season. Roberts has three. Um, 39% of their play comes down either of those flanks. So, you know, quite influential 
those two. Uh, Roberts averages two key passes per game as well. Andrea Ayew is their main strength. I think if you stop Andrea Ayew, you stop Swansea. Because they were quite poor against Tony Pulis of Sheffield Wednesday the other day. And Andrea Ayew came on and he gave them that little bit of quality. I don't know whether anybody saw the goal, but he sort of shifted it twice beyond a defender and curled it into the bottom corner. It was a fantastic goal. I don't know how he's still there, to be honest. I can only assume it's his astronomical wages putting other suitors off. But yeah, I think, you know, their top scorer this season with six goals. He's got three goals in his last two games against us. And they are quite relying on him. So if we stifle and shut down his influence, we could be okay against them. Yeah. Yeah, look at, looking at the form, um, they're doing okay. They're only two points above us in the table, but it is quite tight. Um, I think, as you described in the Championship, Johnny, it is just a crazy league. I mean, we're seven, there's seven points between Norwich at the top and. Um, was in 10th and then you know if we were five points less we'd be 18th um so you know a couple of results good results or bad results either way and it looks very very different um but yeah the, i was looking at the just at the games that they've had and when we were talking about us not really scoring three goals in the game um swansea haven't scored over two yet in the game this season so um <laughs> thanks for else yeah thanks, I've, I've, I've done a day now um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the last four they've only scored only scored one. Um, you know, what they were against as well. Um Rotherham, Chef Wednesday, they lost one nil to Norwich and then they scored one against Brentford as well. Um But yeah, I uh I still think it's gonna be a difficult game, but I think I think given the defeat that we've just had, it's probably come at a good time because I think Warnock is just gonna try and go back to basics again and just drill it into them and say, Look, um, we need to be more organised, go back to how it was. And I think we're going to limit Swansea to not very much chances again um, in this game. And I think he will look to do exactly what Dana said there and stifle Andre Ayew. Because um, if you do, I don't think their attacking output is coming from many other places after Ayew. It goes into uh, Cabango and uh, is it Jamal Law, um, both on two. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think... Even though I was saying I think it'll be a difficult game, I don't think we'll we'll get blown away. And we haven't been blown away in, in many games this season. Obviously, the three defeats have been back one goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what we'll do in terms of formation. I think, as Dana said there, we'll play 3-5-2. Um, when we came up against teams that have played it, we've tended to go with a 4-3-3 because it allows us to double up against players on their side where they've only got one um, and you're able to get in behind. Um, especially if we have... Um, Jed and uh, Jed and um, I'm forgetting his name, Marvin Johnson. Um, <laughs> we can, yeah, um, our <laughs> top scorer, forgetting his name. Um, we can get him behind um, quite well, but I'd like to see if we if we do do that, a bit of a mix on either side, and I'd like to have Johnson and Roberts possibly because I think it adds different dimensions instead of both of them trying to go on the outside. I think obviously on Johnson's side he'll be looking to go on the outside and get the ball out of the box and Roberts will be cutting in um, and looking to get centrally so I'd like to see a mix of, of both on either wing um, to change things up. I think with, with Roberts it's 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 defensive game that it's clear that Warnock doesn't want to play. Yeah, I think when, when you do it and if you're playing really out hit. wide you, the, cover is, the cover is lost a bit isn't it? Um, 
but then again, it's you got to argue if you're doing it, it, it creates a headache for the other team, doesn't it? And um, you could have obviously either a Mozzie or Housen filling in on that right hand side if they do break. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's why he hasn't had as many starts as people maybe think because he. It's not that he isn't a hard worker, he is, but I don't think he's that type of, um, you know, in a well-organised unit. I don't think he's the, the best player for it, possibly. So, yeah. uh, Do you think Mills will make changes, Dan, or do you think there'll be one or two changes for Wednesday night? Yeah, maybe Dyke Sale, because it did seem as though he was nursing somewhat of an injury in the second half, and he did come off anyway, and I think he's been a virtual ever-present for us this season. I'm not sure whether he's missed any matches at all I'm gonna to have to double check that but the fact that he came off was interesting so if Dyke Steele doesn't start or doesn't feature against Swansea I wouldn't be surprised if that's down to an injury or he's simply being rested so I can see some changes being made definitely um, I can definitely see the likes of Morsey coming back in uh, for Savile uh, I can also see uh, potentially I think Nathan Wood might have a chance if especially if like Steele's injured um, but then also I think you're right, Els. I would like to see a Roberts or a Watmore come in, um, give us that different dimension and try to make us give us a bit more of an outlet if we are going to go back to basics and, and defend first and not have the ball in, in long spells if they want to get the foot on the ball and start playing the Swansea way. Um, so it was a little bit, it was a little bit surprised to say that they weren't being as, as possession based um, as as usual. But I do think they'll probably revert back to that probably on Wednesday and try and make things difficult for us. But you said we're hard to break down, so it could fall into our hands and we could potentially get the get a point or two. Um, well, let's do your predictions, guys. How are we feeling for Wednesday? Are we feeling optimistic, nervous, sad, pressed? What are, what are we feeling? Nervous? Um, a mix of all, really. I think it'll be an improved result. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think we'll... I don't think we'll get the win, so I'm going to go for a boring nil-nil. Um, it might not actually be a boring game I just think that the result will be a nil I think we'll stifle them quite well um, and yeah I don't think we'll get enough opportunities to stick one away so nil nil okay, nil nil for Isles, Dan how are you feeling? Oh, I'm not sure on this one because you know obviously they do have Andre Ayew and he is top quality, he's one of the best uh, players in this division so I'm hoping we can keep him at bay if so we might sneak a one nil but I think I'm going to go for a one one it's it's uncharacteristic for us to to be saying quite low, really, when we've scored five in our last two games. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think obviously it's sometimes where you know we we had I think what was it we had didn't score in three games was it and then obviously we scored five in two so it swings and roundabouts but I think we'll maybe revert back to uh, as I've said I think we'll go back to you know an organised unit and being like right get back to basics again we need to not concede three in a game. Um, so that's why I'm that's why I'm going for the nil nil. Yeah, I think look, we're Boris for home farm this year. We've been fantastic. We haven't lost yet, and I'm gonna say we're probably gonna lose this week. Um, I just I just think Twenty might have a bit more quality than knows, and I think the way we the way we looked against Huddersfield, I just think that Swansea might just edge it. I think we get beat two one. I think. Um, which is a shame because I like Boris home farm this year. It's it's nice to actually be on beating for a while. Um, rather than last year, we were getting beat every week, so well, swings and roundabouts in it. But I think we'll get beat two one. I think that's it, guys. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks as always for joining us, and thanks to listeners uh, if you're listening as well. Um, don't forget to give us a five star rate on that podcast, all the podcast apps. We really do appreciate it. But also, 
read the comments on the podcast or we'll DM you uh, direct to so say thank you. Uh, we really do appreciate all the support. But that's it. Borough make it three points out of a possible nine following international break. Like we all know, there's a long, long, long way to go in this championship season. Uh, but this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast. And that was all your match day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown.